Hi, survivors and thrivers. Welcome to the Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and this is going to be an episode that's kind of all over the place, only because I've been kind of all over the place. I unfortunately was a passenger in a car accident about a month ago, right after I released my last episode, and I have unfortunately just been not feeling up to recording, and yeah, here I am. I just hit 4,000 streams on this podcast, and that is just incredible to me. That might seem like little baby numbers to a lot of people, but it seems like a lot to me. And that really inspired me to record an episode tonight. So I just want to say thank you to those of you that have been listening. If you are new here, hello, welcome. (laughs) Thank you for hitting play on this episode. And I just want to be really candid with you guys about some things that I've been going through that I think are kind of like part two to the episode I did a while back about the aftermath of narcissistic abuse, specifically in like intimate relationships. So I have just been really in my head lately about how I am to date as a person because my ex, as I've talked about before, had really just kind of implanted this idea in my mind that I'm very difficult to date, that my expectations are naive, that I pretty much just expect too much in a relationship. And he made me feel very, very high maintenance. With a lot of therapy, I've come to realize that that is not the case. I pretty much expect what most people expect in a partnership communication and to be made a priority to be a an equal partner and to not have secrets kept and unfortunately my ex had a lot of skeletons in his closet that I really was completely blind to and the more I learned coming out of that relationship, the more it really messed with my head. So, for instance, he would pretty much consistently make comments to me about infidelity and how he wouldn't know what to do if I cheated on him, that he could forgive me, but he would be heartbroken and all of these, you know, really weird comments that would come out of nowhere and just kind of leave me feeling like he couldn't trust me. And granted, you know, we had our issues that we had to work on, but it was definitely a lot. Like it was a lot of comments from him and come to find out, (laughs) come to find out that he was essentially emotionally and physically cheating on me throughout our marriage. And, you know, while I was pregnant and after, before, who knows. And I really haven't been candid on this podcast about that yet, but it's confirmed. I've had conversations with, you know, multiple women that he was talking to. And I've come to terms with that, but it definitely 
messes with me. Like, I... I get really stuck in my head about certain things because I was going through a gaslighting situation for many, many years. And so a lot of my anxiety comes from not being able to grasp reality sometimes. I don't know if that makes sense, but he would gaslight me so hard that I would question everything that I thought to be completely true. He would make me feel like I was just losing my mind. And as many of you know, that is just part of gaslighting. It's a completely normal mental reaction to somebody gaslighting you. That's actually literally the point of gaslighting is to make somebody question their very reality and existence. But I've come to terms over the last few months with with how deeply that's ingrained in me and how much it altered my perception of what I what I find to be true and not true and what I think is rational and irrational because I would have these thoughts like I bet he's at home just sleeping with some girl right now and think that I was crazy. He would make me feel crazy for having those thoughts. Come to find out that's exactly what was happening. And it's very, very difficult to go from that kind of chaos where literally your most irrational thoughts are coming true to a relationship that's based on communication and honesty and openness and like truly no drama like yes the normal drama that comes in a relationship but no no drama like that and it's been really hard like I you know I am dating somebody and it's hard for me to wrap my head around the lack of chaos and I know that sounds crazy, right? Like everyone wants a peaceful relationship. I, I do. I want a healthy, peaceful relationship, but it's so difficult for me sometimes to accept the fact that he is not manipulating me. He is not gaslighting me. He's not off doing something that he says, you know, he isn't. It's this normal, healthy thing. And it's weirdly hard to deal with sometimes. And I I don't know if that will make a whole lot of sense to a lot of people, but if you've been in a narcissistic relationship, you will understand. Another example of this is I recently quit my job, my corporate, you know, nine to five or really eight to six job. And I was in a really mentally bad place. I talked about it on my last episode that I had just stepped away from it and I'm working from home now and whatever. So I had a conversation today about a job potentially, you know, an opportunity. And I, because of the narcissistic situation that I was in at my previous job, I completely undervalued myself in this interview to the point where I was actually like called out on it. And it, you know, pertained to my, 
my money, like what I would be making an hour at this job and the toxic narcissistic work environment that I found myself in three, four months ago for three years of my life, I have come to terms with the fact that I just went from one narcissistic relationship with my ex to another in my workplace. And it just all came out today in this interview. Like I literally cut my value in half and thank God the person that I'm about to work with is a good person and called me out on like, you deserve this, not that, (laughs) which tells me that I'm on the right path, finding a good work environment. But it really just hit me in that moment. Like, wow, I have really been conditioned by multiple people to not see my worth and to not embrace my potential and to not understand a life without chaos. And it's come to, I've just come to terms with the fact that narcissistic people need others to not turn into narcissists, but to embrace their own narcissistic tendencies. Like toxic people breed toxic people and they need that chaos to feed off of. And I just, you know, in coming out of my previous employment situation and being almost two years out of my divorce, I have just become so grateful that I have people around me that are constantly reminding me of my value and constantly trying to push me to that self-love phase. I, I feel it some days, but I'm not going to lie. The last few months have been really, really hard. I don't know if it's because I'm coming up on one full year of divorce. I know I said two years of divorce a minute ago, but it's basically two and a half years of separation and one solid year of divorce that I'm coming up on. And I don't know if it's just that anniversary coming up that's kind of mentally getting to me or if it's just all of these changes I've been going through in my personal life or what, but I've definitely internally been having harder days, like more hard days than easy, which is fine. That is a normal thing that a lot of us go through, but it's just really had me thinking about all of the things that we have to endure as survivors of narcissistic abuse and also those of us that are still going through it, um, what we have to put up with. And I guess what I'm just trying to say is that the ongoing complications internally from a narcissistic situation are very serious. I'm definitely not a therapist, but just speaking from firsthand experience and also people that I've been close to going through this kind of stuff. I just want to remind anybody that is listening to this, to this episode today that your experiences are extremely valid and your stories really deserve 
to be honored and told, whether it be to a close friend, a relative, again, a therapist, which I am not. But all to say, if you do feel like reaching out to somebody, I am certainly here to listen. I recently received an email from a listener and it was very short to the point, but it was essentially, I got out of the situation. I found your podcast. Thank you so much. And shared her story with me. And it gave me such joy to know that just one person could benefit from, you know, this shared experience. And all that said, I just want to give a reminder that the Instagram is still up and open for messages. It's the Narcissism Podcast. And the email is also, again, still up and it's the narcpod at gmail.com. T H E N A R C P O D at gmail.com. And This specifically goes out to women listening to this show, not to be gender specific, but female identifying persons listening to this show. I recently went to New York City for a live podcast, a a show that I'm obsessed with. And one of the co-hosts of that show is a survivor of narcissist you know, narcissistic abuse. And I paid VIP to meet her because she has been such an inspiration to me. And she said something to me and on her TikTok that I will shout out in a second. But she said something to me when I met her that to me just hit so close to home. And that was to stop apologizing for just existing. Stop apologizing for your experiences and the way that they make you feel and the way that they have altered how you function in the world. She made a very good point because she gets approached by a lot of people that women specifically when they approach her apologize for crying or being overly excited or wanting to hug her or even just saying hello to her and she has noticed that female identifying people are more inclined to consistently say I'm so sorry but blank You know, I, I'm so sorry to cry. Oh my gosh. And I did this when I met her, I literally started crying the second that we met eyes and I was just like, I'm so sorry. You're amazing. You inspire me. This is incredible. Like I listen to you all the time and the way you talk about narcissistic abuse is just, it resonates with me. And I was just crying all over myself and apologizing profusely. And she just said, stop, stop saying that you're sorry, stop apologizing for your experiences. And that just to me hits so close to home 
So her name is Ellen Marie Marsh on TikTok. It's E-L-L-Y-N Marie Marsh. And she's a co-host of a true crime podcast that I love called Obsessed with Disappeared. But that's a whole different story. If you want to go check her out, she is a very empowered survivor of narcissistic abuse. And she has just been a wonderful inspiration to me. So for any person out there, you know what, male or female, it doesn't matter, but typically, or I shouldn't say typically, but commonly victims of narcissistic abuse are female. So it just goes to note that that is why I keep saying female or female identifying, but I just want to shout out to anybody listening to this that is a survivor, a, a thriver that your experiences are aligned with other types of abuse that are given a platform. And I've touched on this before in other episodes that narcissistic abuse is really not given the largest platform that it should be. But thank God that true crime podcasts are really becoming so popular and that narcissistic abuse is a huge topic in so many of those podcasts. And I just want anyone listening to this to know that I'm here I am listening. Your experiences are valid and I love you. And I hope that you can find your way back if you haven't already to feeling yourself and just know that just like me, hard days will be there. There will be times when something will happen and you'll be triggered for whatever reason, maybe you don't even understand why something upsets you. It just reminds you of whoever put you through whatever it is that you went through. I experienced that more than I like to admit. And part of thriving, part of really being a survivor and a thriver is embracing the moments where you don't feel good. Embracing the moments where you wonder if you'll ever feel good, truly 100% good ever again. I find myself questioning so many parts of relationships, not only my partner, but my friendships, my work relationships, my family, you know, a whole toxic situation that I've talked about before. Like narcissistic abuse is more prevalent than a lot of people understand and it can make you feel like you're losing your mind in fact it does make you feel like you're losing your mind but I just want people to know that it doesn't have to define us it doesn't have to derail the progress that you've made even if you've had a bad day a bad week like me a bad month months multiple years whatever it may be just know that you are seen and heard loved and appreciated and that you are worthy of the respect that you know you deserve and there are good people with good intentions as difficult as that may be to believe sometimes, as irrational as your thoughts may feel sometimes, you are 
completely valid and all of your experiences are valid. And I just wanted this episode to be a check-in, a reminder to listeners that this is a very, very serious thing. And my next episode, I'm going to dive into how narcissistic abuse can really take a very violent turn. And it's going to be a little true crime, nothing too gory or anything like that, but a well-researched case and something that I think we can really gain some insight from. So on that note, happy Friday. Have a wonderful weekend. I hope you all enjoy time with your friends, family, yourself, your pets, whoever you're spending this time with. I hope you enjoy it. And I will be back with, again, another true crime-esque episode. I hope you guys enjoy it and I will see you for the next.